Hello and welcome back to episode number seven of the newly branded Indie Game X podcast. Ba ba ba. I don't have an intro. Snazzy sound, so you're getting ba ba ba. Anyway, so the reason for the rebrand is good news. It's just because I've had so many requests from indie developers to come and talk to me about their game that my C for Serious general gaming accounts were getting kind of swamped. So I thought I wanted to split this off and give it its own entity. And here it is. So there we go. This week we are featuring a action-adventure role-playing game. So we're going to talk to Sean from Righteous Weasel Games. And you can join me after the episode where I'll fill you in on all the contact details and links for you to head to. Okay, so uh, welcome to the podcast, Sean. Thank you, thank you. Can I say your surname or will people track you down? Yeah, sure. No, no, that's fine. Okay. Well, in fact, for the first time ever, I'm not going to ruin it by (laughs) saying your name and then saying the game that you have. Um, just for my first question to be, what's your name and what game have you got? Right, right. <laughs> so, hi, mystery guest. Uh, let's jump straight in uh, and tell us who you are and what your game is called. Well, uh, I am Sean uh, from the States, the US, US of A, and my game Ooh. is called uh, Eternal Edge Plus. Emphasis on the plus. Oh, There's an Eternal Edge, oh. which is something... I'm burying right now. <laughs> and so we have Eternal Edge Plus. Um, it's, a, it's a spiritual edge success. Your, What's that? It's Eternal Edge, your like internet browser history. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Eternal Edge is one of my one of my early releases, one of my first uh, official releases that I published. Um, came out on the Nintendo Switch, I, I think about two years ago now. Um, wow. But I had, you know, it was, it was a big learning experience for me, which is great. You know, I learned a lot. Um, but you know the the game came out, and I had a whole lot of issues, uh, development issues, publishing issues, patching issues. Turns out I couldn't patch the game, you know. So <clears throat> basically, it came out, had a lot of bugs, and there was nothing I could do about it. Okay, uh, long so story short, why did you call this one the same name? Plus, so this was originally actually just going to be a a quote unquote ultimate edition. Um, it was going to be just uh, a re release of the game, but on Steam. Um, okay. So my plan was to uh, recreate, or not recreate, but just just update the original game, release it on stream, and then hopefully re-release it on the Switch with a fixed version. Um, okay, so then the name made sense then. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it kind of developed and evolved over the course of you know the development, and uh, it, it eventually it turned into a reskin because um, I was getting more interested in like doing bigger and better things. The first game was kind of voxel. Uh, voxel style as you know this game eternal edge plus is definitely not voxel styles it's very different yeah can you can you explain that style yeah voxel styles it's kind of like um i don't know if you've heard of like cube world or like 3d dot game heroes Mm -hmm. uh the original release was was heavily influenced by 3d dot game heroes um on the playstation 3 uh which is kind of like uh a recreation if you will of the original zelda game with like cubes for pixels Ah, um, it's okay. a really fun game. I really enjoyed that game. Um, so when I was making the original, it was actually a top-down, um, more of an arcade RPG-style game. That's very, right. 
Yeah, so, you know, that's kind of what I was going with. Um, but then as I was learning more and getting more comfortable with development just in general and, um, you know, people I had working with me, we were all getting more comfortable with, like, building a 3D world, you know, like, um, from scratch, kind of. Yeah, of course. Um, we wanted to explore that uh, that side of development more and, and uh, just kind of get out of our comfort zone. So the game, it eventually, it just became a reskin of the original Eternal Edge, uh, right? So we had like pure 3D models and um, you know pure 3D environments, no no cube environments. Uh, for us, making cube, um, I'll say assets, was easier um, than you know trying to make something that looked realistic or, or artsy or whatever because we didn't have all that much experience. Um, turns out it became a big crutch. Actually, <laughs> we we were kind of blocking ourselves from learning. Um, so so anyway, yeah, long story short, we, we got into this. It, it, it became a, a reskin, and then it became, uh, well, let's add a little bit more story. Let's, let's change up the story. <laughs> and, and now everything's just been redone completely. It's, it's basically a, it's a whole new game. So it really is just a spiritual successor to the original. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you've been developing it for quite a while, if you're talking about PS3 influences there. Oh, yeah. Well, so... Um, it goes back a while. My my first game I ever released really publicly was called Ape Hero, and that was on the Wii U. That was about four years ago. Um, and then the sequel, or it was meant to be the sequel, um, I started working on a, a while later, uh, maybe a few months later, and that is what turned into Eternal Edge. Um, ah. But it was, you know, it was a top-down multiplayer arcadium is very 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 different um very very different and it kind of changed over the course of time um but yeah so the original eternal edge i was building for oh probably a year and a half um just from different iterations though it, was, it would get built built and then rebuilt and then rebuilt and then rebuilt and you know things would change and come up with new ideas and really it was just a terrible development cycle <laughs> <laughs> right um this game, in in general, um, I started um, the Ultimate Edition, which again was just re-releasing the game with some bug fixes on Steam. I, I started that uh, iteration, I'll say, um, in February of last year, and okay. I worked on it for about two months, and I finished it. Um, once I finished it, you know, I was playing through the game uh, with my my buddy Morgan, who also works with me, and. I was just playing the game and I got about halfway through and I was like, man, this thing just needs to be gutted. <laughs> no. And oh, I, I just, no. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, you know, after the original release, I had a bad taste in my mouth. And a lot of the people who played the original release was like, yeah, the game's not bad, you know, but it, it's just, it's got so many issues, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, once I got halfway through the game play testing, I was like, it's just so boring. It's just got so many issues and blah, blah, blah. So that turned into a reskin. So we, we pretty much, um, you know, restarted. I wanted to add more story, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was a whole nother development cycle. So, so we had the original game, which was Eternal Edge. Um, yep. You know, three months later, we, we rebuilt kind of Eternal Edge. The same content. Um, just, you know, reskin. Okay. Uh, so that was a few months of that, a few months of this, a few months of that. Went back and forth. I was like, well, let's not focus on story. Oh, but let's focus on story. You know, so <laughs> again, 
when you're only listening to yourself yeah. and, and other people who are also like-mindedly, yeah, let's go big. And then two days later, you're like, oh no, you're almost bipolar with what you want to do. It's right? a Not common theme I'm hearing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, just recently, I feel like I've I've been able to whip that whip that side out of me. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, let's just let's just we've got what we've got. Yeah. We're doing it. We're gonna finish it. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Whatever. You know. <laughs> so so yeah, it's gone through a lot of different iterations. Uh, I would say this version of the game that we're actually working on right now, yeah. um, and it's almost done. I'm I'm actually doing some tidying up uh, before I do like a, a full game test. Um, this this version is probably got started in. I think it was like September of last year. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and this is, again, this is like totally rebuilt from the ground up, right? Um, there are some lingering sim systems here and there that like I've actually just recently gutted a bunch of and nuked a whole lot of other things. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's it's totally rebuilt. Code base is all new. Um, everything is all new. Uh, it's, it's definitely just a reimagining of the original game. Um, you know, it's got new story, new characters, new blah, blah, blah. Um, so was this, because um, th now this is built in Unity, correct? Correct. Okay, so was the original built in Unity as well? If yes, you just used the yeah, same... yeah, it was built okay. in Unity. Right, right, okay. So that was that was a lot of the issue, right? I had my same uh, game core, which already was flawed. Um, I was trying to build on top of this flawed game core, ran into a bunch of issues. Um, yeah. <laughs> so start again. Exactly, exactly. Right. I mean, okay. Well, first of all, again, if you're watching the if you're watching the uh, the live stream on on Twitch during the podcast, then well done to you. Uh, but if you're not, then you know it looks it looks incredible. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> I, again, I say this most weeks, but this looks just fantastic. I mean, I mean, like I said, it really is. Like you don't want to say it reminds me. It reminds me of, of Breath of the Wild. Right. Right. You know. I mean, I. I don't like to sort of compare games too much, <laughs> but, but if no one if no one's got a clue of what I'm talking about because they're not seeing it, right? It feels it's got that sort of style, hasn't it? It's yeah, oh, yeah, it's off. heavily coming heavenly influenced. Yeah, it looks it's so smooth. It, lighting's fantastic. It looks beautiful. Thank um, you, thank you. I'm I'm just again I'm if you're watching this, I'm just running around at the minute. Um, <laughs> Just doing nothing, so don't pay attention to what I'm actually doing. Uh, but I just wanted to get to the point where you're outside, where you really start right, to see right, right, exactly the real world. Um, yeah, I, I tried to build up that first kind of world map reveal shot. Yes, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the world is definitely something that I worked hard on, uh, art wise. Um, again, yeah, it's it's heavily influenced by Breath of the Wild, the world itself, and yeah. the graphics are the characters are very influenced by Wind Waker, which is my Favorite Zelda game, definitely. Um, gameplay go. wise, it's definitely not Breath of the Wild. <laughs> if it okay. were, I'd probably be a, a bajillionaire, you know. If I if I made that, <laughs> you know, well, you um, never think it, is. You never. <laughs> it doesn't have to. That's be. right. That's right. Um, it's 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 heavily. It's more uh, RPG. It's definitely an action RPG, um, and it's more linear than a game like Breath of the Wild is, where you, okay. you literally just you know go wherever. Now, the, that being said, the game is open world. You, you can go wherever you want, whenever you want, and there are certain benefits to doing so. But you are uh, suggested, anyway, to go certain directions because the enemy levels, uh, the gear levels, etc., will be better matched for you. Right, okay. 
who so, so you said it was your, your friends helping you how, how many how many people are working on this that's a confusing question. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's me. Um, I am definitely the developer. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff. I do art, uh, programming. Uh, I do even some music. Um, we outsource a lot of it now. Um, but, uh, you know, just a little bit of everything. Um, I have one of my friends, Morgan, who works with me. He does a lot of, um, like, content integration, um, design. Uh, he's even QA now at this point. Um, and then I have uh, two of my brothers who in the past have worked with me on this. So uh, one of my brothers, Kevin, who really worked hard with me on the first iterations of this game um, before it was this game, right? So the Eternal Edge uh, update versions, uh, he worked with me on those. He was, uh, he was the one who completely kind of rebuilt the map for the first time and you know, redid a lot of the areas. Um, I've since gone through and, and re re redone them. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I've had a lot of, of help in those senses. And it was almost like if you would think of um, like a prototype version of the world, right? Yes. So I would say Kevin, Kevin built our, you know, what would be cool version of the map. Um, and it, at that point, it was there, everything was there, but it wasn't really interactive, right? So I kind cool. of recreated that um, with a lot of differences but with the same feeling and the same sort of general areas uh, in a more interactive way okay. um, and then there's my brother scott who uh randomly pops in he'll do things for me when he can um you know because everyone of course has full-time jobs they've got family etc uh, so it's hard for people to jump in um, but he'll do you know character models he'll do a uh, story he'll do you know anything he can really get his hand on um, but for the most part at this point it's definitely been just me and morgan um working on it yeah, that is, that is a uh, a long answer to how many people are working. Yes, on that. that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you outsource the audio as well now? Yeah. So um, originally, I I did all the music. Um, the original game, it was all uh, my compositions, I guess you could say. Um, but it's just there's so much time invested in doing everything else. <laughs> you know, at some point, I just had to go. Yes, it's fine. Let's just let's just get it get it from somewhere else um we're using a company called epidemic right now for a lot of our main uh world map music uh, which is kind of like the more uh big epic themes when you're running around um okay. you know that kind of stuff um yeah. and then we've also gotten tracks from uh, a few other uh musicians who have been kindly enough to let us use them um but if you listen to like the title screen music um that's something i wrote um Loading screen music, that's something I wrote. A few others lingering around in the game. Um, if you ever find a, a, a moon box. <laughs> a, a what? A moon box? Which is a coffee shop in the game. A moon box, you know? So it's a it's a, <clears throat> a bit of a laugh at Starbucks. Oh, moon. So there's moon box in the game. <laughs> and uh, they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. You'll even find them in some of the dungeons. Um, so if you oh, enter good, yeah. moon box, uh, yeah, you'll get like this kind of jazzy theme going on in the background again that's that's something i've done but um but yeah like uh since the original release i've just been trying to kind of get a lot of the work off of me um and just focus on things that i need to focus on um yeah but yeah that makes sense (laughs) so i'm just about to again if you're watching the live stream i'm just about to enter the world here we go sorry audio people i did warn you (laughs) but we'll be doing a live stream of this um for anyone who wants to hear more or see more about this game, I'll be doing a live stream. We'll arrange a, da- a time and date. 
uh, and we'll um, get to it. So there we go. Wow, look at that. It does have the epic feel when you step out. Love it. This Skyrim. Just <laughs> Who is working on the story? Now, I know story is a big thing for you on this. Yeah, um, it's a... a, a it's a hard thing for us right now. Uh, so uh, story was me and uh, my brother and Morgan as well. Um, there's not as much of the story in the game at the moment as I would like. And there's a lot of things you'll come across as the player. You're running around. You'll see like a structure or you'll see, you know, like there's a big floating tree or, you know, there's a big something. Um, everything that's there actually does have a backstory, but not necessarily explained or present in the game. Um, even even the main okay. bad guy himself, you know, he he's got actually a lot of backstory. Uh, the main character, you get a tease of of who the main character is. He and his wife, um, just in the intro write up, right? Um, so Cross and his wife Evelyn, um, they're kind of like the protagonists, and um, you know, so they're like uh, they're these Eternals. That's the name, uh, Eternal Edge, right? <laughs> okay. um, and they're they are what are called Eternals. Which actually, there's a there's a big court of Eternals uh, somewhere in the world um, that go out and are kind of a, a commanding influence. And they go and try and like bring peace to the world. They're almost, uh, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but they'll uh, go and talk to rulers, talk to leaders, etc. They'll uh, console them. They'll give them advice. Um, I can't remember the word off the top of my head, but you know, they do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But they also are blessed with like strength and and different things. So they will do. Uh, they'll fight battles. They have to fight, um, etc. There's a lot of that kind of backstory which the player might not see. Now, again, what I'm doing right now is I'm doing um, kind of a cleanup pass. And so I'm hoping to, while I'm doing the cleanup pass, get the story kind of in there. Um, I'm considering just using books or <laughs> you know different points that the player could could. <laughs> discover um and discover more of the story um in the game yeah yeah for sure um okay but yeah so it's it's been hard because again there really are mostly only ever two of us working on this um so at some wow. point you have yeah, to so, well, yeah keep going I was gonna say, so, so what is the so could you give us an over overarching idea of the yeah, story yeah yeah of course sorry um so <clears throat> Uh, basically, the story is uh, there's Cross, who's the main character, who's Eternal, and his wife, Evelyn. Um, and they are, uh, as I was just saying, uh, just these very strong, blessed uh, uh, people who are blessed with uh, eternal life, basically, in the world. And they go around and they do deeds for people and, and missions that are given to them. Uh, so one of these missions that they were given is one that uh, Evelyn, which is Cross's wife, was faced uh, alone. She had to go do it alone, um, and it was to combat combat the uh, the skeleton king, who's uh, also known as the dead king sometimes in the game. Uh, the skeleton king is not like this end all be all evil who's you know ruling the world or anything like that. He he's really just ruling this one little area, which is the kingdom of Beor. Um, but nonetheless, he is very strong. So Evelyn goes and tries to uh, fight him, take back the lands for the people, but she can't beat him alone. She needs Cross with her. Uh, there's a whole lot of backstory with Cross not being there. Um, eventually, he does come to find her, and uh, he finds her asleep. So since uh, Evelyn is uh, eternal, she can't die, uh, the Skeleton King was forced with just putting her to sleep. That's all he could do. Um, so he put a curse on her and put her to sleep. And of course, <laughs> as any good gaming um, 
storyline goes, the curse is split into four pieces and hidden throughout the uh -huh. kingdom. Yes. So that's where you get to that part. <laughs> um, so yeah, you'll, you as Cross come into the world, you find out about this curse, and the only way to lift it is to destroy the four cursed orbs um, and wake your wife, right? So that's kind of like Act 1. There are actually kind of two acts to the game. Um, act 1 is, is waking your wife. Um, and then Act 2 is figuring out how to defeat the Skeleton King uh, together. So uh, there's actually a point in the game where after you've beat the main dungeons, um, you've woken your wife, she'll actually join you on your quest. And you'll have to do some missions, um, different things, in order to regain your strength together and then go fight the Skeleton King in his uh, castle. Does she just come along she... with you? Or is it, is it a character that you have to switch No, no, to she, she just starts following you around. <laughs> okay. Um, there is more stuff I wanted to do with this I, again, um, but it's just stuff that didn't make it in. You know? um, eventually, uh, we kind of thought of like, well, what if you could choose to be her in the beginning instead of Cross, or you know, what if it was you know multiplayer, and then you could yeah. switch to Evelyn, or you know, different things. But in the end of the day, we had to just be like, well, let's just focus on the the one thing we're doing, and then if that gets in there, it gets in yeah. there. Um, yeah, of course. Once a hundred million people buy the game, right? Exactly. Yeah, DLC. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Cool. Okay, so um, so going back to yourself, then, um, what got you into game development specifically? Is it just your love of games? Uh, kind of, a... kind of. I I, I come from a well, it seems, it seems yeah, obvious. yeah, exactly. I, mean, but... uh, I come from a big family. Um, when I was very young and I had a lot of older siblings, they were very into games at the time. So pretty much as a baby, they were like playing Zelda, playing Mega Man. Um, and, you know, they were kind of introducing me to all this stuff. So I was very into games growing up uh, because of that. Um, started getting into like drag and drop programming probably when I was like eight or nine. Um, just because they were like, oh, yeah, wow. Sean, it would be great if you could do this stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know. Um, so they would download <laughs> things like, you know, Game Maker, which is like drag and drop programming. Um, so I learned a lot of, I guess you could say, programming logic from that. Not necessarily how to write code, but just the logic of how the systems work. Um, so I cool. kind of started doing that. When I was in high school, I got into, like, apps, making apps. Um, I made a lot of, like, app games on iOS. They were all terrible. Um, <laughs> but again, it, it was all part of, well, uh, part of the learning process. Um, you know, eventually, uh, and then I, I went to uh, college. I actually did end up going to, to university for um, game development. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so I've just been kind of working on stuff ever since. My, my first release, which came out on the Wii U, I brought out um, a month after I graduated because I was working on it while I was in school. Um, that was called uh, 8-Bit Hero. Again, that one we're trying to bury, so... And we might do a resurrection so, of that at some point. <laughs> so, so there'll be no link in the show notes for that. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you have been very busy then. Yes. Yeah, busy B. Very busy indeed. Wow. Um, now, I, I had a question then, but I might have been attacking an enemy and I wasn't paying attention to what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I tell you what, that's what it was. It was a side note of, I love the Wii U. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. One of the few, right? I like the Wii U. I think it's kind of nice. Mm, yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's completely off topic. <laughs> it kept, came to my brain, and uh, you've got it. Uh, so now I've noticed um, you've got these like little public quests. Uh, what's that? You've got like a little public quest that happens. Yes. Oh, like a, like an event. 
Yeah, a little event. Yeah, so that's probably some sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Event. So those are actually um, um, those are world events. Um, so there are a okay. few different ways for the player to level up. I mean, obviously they all involve some form of combat. <laughs> I won't say you can go farming and gain XP or you know uh, do oh, you know oh, some random things or open up your phone and open up the Eternal Edge app and gain XP <laughs> to level up. You know, nothing like that. Um, <laughs> but there are a few different branches the player can use to gain XP on the quest instead of just following um, you know the quest line. Um, so okay. there's world events, um, and then there are a bunch of side quests and a few other things that you can do to uh, gain your, your overall XP, basically, for leveling up. Again, it is an RPG, right? Um, but I tried to make it so that it wasn't so grindy like an RPG would be. Well, I like the fact that you so can I, choose to go over there and activate right. the, the event, can't you? You don't have to. Correct. Yeah, it's it's totally I'm gonna go optional. And do it now. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do it now and die, but that's not, you don't have to die. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those are those are totally optional, um, and they are uh, dependent on the zone. So you can you can definitely run into an event in a different zone and be completely underleveled, and then you'll just yeah, that'll be the end for you probably. Um, I have seen a few patient players, <laughs> and this is why it's been great to have the beta out there. But I have seen a few very patient players go into a zone they're not supposed to get into go into an event and just very patiently defeat the, the event and get the loot afterwards, which I'm, I'm okay with. I kind of expected people to do this, but I wanted to know what it would do to the game. Um, yes. So Morgan and I have been working on, okay, what do we do? I, I don't want to punish somebody for doing that, you know, and that's the thing, right? It's one of the things yeah. like Zelda does well, where you can go anywhere you want, you get the, you get the loot, um, and, and that's kind of it. You've got the loot, right? Um, but because this is a RPG and you go from basically level one to level 100, there's a very big stack gap. You know what happens when you go over there and you pick up a sword that's really strong. That's kind of the, the part where things that I don't like in gaming kind of come in. And so we're kind of just deciding what we want to do with that. Things that I don't like in like, uh, you know, World of Warcraft where you beat a level 50 boss at 15 accidentally because you had people carrying you and you get a drop. Yeah of a weapon that's level 50 and you can't use it. And then you get to yeah. level 50 and you realize, oh, it's not that great. Actually, I have this thing that's better. I really don't <laughs> yeah, want <always>. that to happen. <laughs> so I don't want to yeah. have, you know, level caps or minimum level requirements on those. But at the same time, I don't want the player to use, you know, this weapon that's got a thousand strength versus one. So it's yeah, kind it's of different. this, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting problem. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'm dead already. Nice. Uh, Perfect. That's what I want to see. So, so, so they were mean. They're still attacking my body when I'm dead on the floor. The, yeah, they're just gonna, they're gonna make sure you're dead. Yeah. But you're there. eternal, so you just come back. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're eternal. Um, um okay, so with with the development, mm -hmm. I always like to find now I, I I've got a feeling you're gonna have a list here. Oh yeah. Is there something in the game that has, that has troubled you or, or surprised you while you've been developing? You know, something that you never thought was going to happen? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not too complicated of a question, luckily for you. I won't go off on a tangent. Um, I probably will anyway. But <laughs> yeah, you will. I think the That's main right. thing has just been accepting when to just throw something out. <laughs> yeah what a learning i okay. guess you could say when to throw something out right like i had built all these crazy big systems for the last game and 
they worked really well. Um, when I was porting to the Switch for the original Eternal Edge release, we ran into a lot of issues. And they weren't anything tied to the game or to the Switch itself. I don't think I'm allowed to go into detail about it, but there were back-end issues. Um, basically, it just caused loading to break randomly. Okay. Um, and the game is, is an open-world game, and there's a lot of loading happening all the time, pretty much 24-7 as you're running around. The game is loading uh, the world in. So that was a huge issue, right? Um, you would just experience random lockups lock here and there and be able to not be able to do anything about it. So um, a lot of the reason the original release had such long loading screens, uh, which was one of the big problems about the game, is because I had written this whole backend system to subvert the whole loading system in Unity. <laughs> and so oh. it would basically <laughs> unload everything, everything in the software delete everything, um, recreate everything, and then load the player back in whenever it had to do it. And that was the only way I could get the game not to lock up. So oh, that's, that system has been, um, without me knowing, actually causing a lot of serious issues in the back end that I've only kind of uh, just noticed, I would say, probably within the last two months. Um, <laughs> you know, because I was, I was keeping it in there because I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, oh man, what issue comes back up when I try to do the switch you know, launch and I've been testing it here and there on the switch and it's been working but you know I just wasn't sure right so I was like let me just keep it there just in case so it turns out that was causing actually just just a ton of issues um, so it, it's really just for me in development learning okay we probably would have finished this thing a lot time a long time ago if we had just Start from scratch, you know. Just yeah, just I, learn to accept when to just throw everything out. And I suppose once while you're developing the game, because it does take a while to develop a game. Yes, well, yes. Uh, you you learn new skills. That's right. And new and new things. That's and, right. And you just got to learn to right. That's going to go in the next game. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Stick to stick to the plan. Yes, the plan. yes. Yeah, um, uh, it, it can be oh. something stupid like learning a, a new message. Uh, thing a new uh, a, a new little little variable over here that actually just makes everything run really fast. But you know it, you learn so much almost every day when you're doing this yeah, stuff, sure. um, and, and it's things about the engine you're working in that you didn't even know about before. You know, so it's 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 an interesting process. Tempt, yeah, tempting just to keep changing it. But it's like anything. It's like any project. You know, right. if you don't have a, a set plan to start with. Yeah. You're always liable to um, yeah. veer off, just like this podcast. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which is why I had to set some basic questions. <laughs> I'm just talking about trees and grass yeah. and animation. <laughs> oh, well, what are we doing? I forgot I'm actually recording this. Um, uh, okay, cool. Uh, so I'd, I'd really like your um, targeting system that you can lock on. Thank you. It's really nicely done. That feels really smooth. Good. Um, because at first I was like, oh, man, I've got to keep swinging the camera around. Right. And it teaches you to lock on. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm that works very well. It. Yes, I am. I nearly died again, but that's not the point. It's because I'm not concentrating. All right. <laughs> uh, after this game, yeah. Well, actually, no. Before I get to that, how many hours do you think are roughly in the game once it's finished? Are you, are for you like the average a, gamer. For the average guy, I know that's a very hard to say. That's a difficult question, but I think because... I can safely say, uh, let me think about this in my head now before I say it. I think I can safely say about 20 to 25 hours. Oh, um, okay, so that's a decent amount. Yeah, it, it's actually, it's going to be more than that. 
um, just based off of the few people that I've seen play the new version, they've spent, I don't know, three areas, uh, three hours in like an area that I spend maybe five minutes in when I'm playtesting. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's going to be probably longer than that. I think for a fast gamer, it'll be about 12 hours just because there are those people who just kind of blaze through stuff and, and uh, don't think twice and just go point A to point B. Um, yeah, exactly. So there are those. But yeah, I think probably safe to say close to 20 hours of, of regular gameplay. I might be wrong on that. But I think that's of course, accurate. But <laughs> it's just a nice idea. It's right. a nice idea to see how long. Because, like I said, for me, I'm terrible for skipping tech. Right. Exactly. Um, but I mean, how have you how have you dealt with that? The fact that you don't know how the people are going to react, how the player is going to react to the text and the story. He may just be skipping. Yeah, it's kind of sorry. He or she. Yes. No. They, I, it's. I get it. I get you. <laughs> I get you. They may well be. They may well be just <laughs> skipping the text, but they still need that's to know. That's been something to, to to get used to um you know again because the, the game especially when the 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 average person sees like pictures of the game or whatever they're expecting an open world go run experience um i don't think people are expecting a heavy story experience so that's why i haven't really uh focused on that the bit that i put in just in the intro right there's actually a lot of text in the intro you're lucky the whole game could be that way <laughs> but it's not it's not just for you um thank you but i think like you know I, i've seen just a lot of people just they they start reading they're reading they're reading they get through you know a good few sentences of like what is story and then they just start skipping you know so it's been interesting to see like <laughs> what a person's patience level is like what the average yeah. gamer's patience level is because again this isn't persona this isn't fire emblem you're not expecting to hop in there and just start reading text because there are games that that do and that is kind of like a main point of the game is the story and what the conversation is almost like an anime experience right yes. you're kind of sitting there and you're just interested in this this uh, interaction between the, the characters i will say that i haven't gotten to do enough world building and because of that i have not been relying on story um, because i feel like at this point if i were to put story in it would be more of a nuisance for the player right so that's why i've kind of littered you know essences of the story around uh versus just like forcing the player into it um because again it hasn't been a feature that i've been able to focus on yeah because that's and because this is the, always going to be the problem with these with this style of game it is kind of a uh, a crossover game isn't yeah. it? You, you kind of like i said you've got the people that just want to run around the open world right. slide on stuff right. hit stuff jump on things but you're going to have people that want to read a story as well exactly so you can't you really are kind of stuck in the middle yeah. of doing a bit of both. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. So what about what about bosses in the game? Is there a set amount of bosses in the game? Or yeah. Um, there, are, there are quite a few, yeah. I would say, like mini bosses that are more world bosses maybe um, that are just around the world for you. Um, if you defeat those guys, you'll get good gear, um, good crafting materials, that kind of stuff. Um, each okay. main dungeon... Which let me think about the number here because it's changed in the past. Right. Once you've said it, once you've <laughs> said it now, that's exactly right. Time. No, but all the dungeons are there, so I think we're good. So I there are there are five main dungeons, um, and then there are two uh, sub main dungeons. But each of those seven dungeons has a, a boss, uh, 
I would call like a main boss at the end mm -hmm. of it. Um, so okay. there are seven main boss fights. Um, of course, there are other things that you'll run into. Again, like I was saying, world bosses, mini bosses. You'll you'll fight like a kind of like a, a epic enemy or like a elite enemy, which I kind of consider to be like a mini boss during quest lines. You know, certain quest lines. Um, yep. And then there are um, hidden dungeons in the world. There's 20 uh, hidden dungeons, which are called oh, really? uh, yeah, uh, they're called uh, vaults of the skeleton king, and they're kind of where. Uh, where the skeleton king keeps his treasure hoards almost if you will that's kind of the the <laughs> idea behind that is um but yeah <laughs> his secret biscuits exactly right? yeah he keeps all of his good stuff in there so uh those are actually kind of like throwback dungeons and they were in the original game as well but these are all new uh all 20 new dungeons uh maybe maybe not 20 maybe 18 new dungeons i don't know we might have kept one um but yeah you actually when you enter one of these you'll go into complete top down view um, like an old school NES Zelda style kind of top down view, oh, and you'll play through the dungeon really? like that. Oh wow, awesome! Oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. I, I've always kind of enjoyed those. I I don't play test all that much, and then um, when I'm going through the world, and then I come across one, I'm like, oh yeah, we put one of these here, and I'll go inside <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, that was interesting. I've never played that one, <laughs> you know. So wow, I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. Okay, and what about the character? So, for character-wise, is there a, a skill tree or a level progression, or how does it? Uh, yeah, so earlier. in the original game, um, there was a a class system. I've steered clear uh -huh. of it this time around for various reasons. A because I wanted to just focus on the the character and his abilities and his basically his class. What is the character's class uh, to make it? Um, I could say more polished, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. In the original game, there were uh, four main classes, each with a subclass that you had to get to first. Uh, so there was like the mage and the warrior and stuff like that. Um, again, right. because of time and only being a single developer, there's no more a class system in the game, um, but there's kind of like a heavy tool system. You can kind of decide as the player if you're going to be a heavy tool user or just a melee user. Um, and you'll get various abilities throughout the game. There are a few that you unlock later on um, that you don't get in the demo. Um, but other than that, you're going to be focusing on the tools that you find and you craft. Um, so if you find the revolver, which is in the demo, and nobody's ever picked up, which I'm very confused about because it's in the most obvious location. Um, <laughs> but there is a revolver, and you can combo that with your weapon. So like, I usually... I rely heavily on the revolver because I don't like to get up close to some of the bigger monsters. Um, so I'll get in there, I'll get a few hits off while I know that they're in between attacks, and then I'll roll out and I'll just start wailing on them with the revolver. Um, you can also craft bombs um, at crafting stations. Uh, there are four different types of bombs and four different types of ammo for your revolver, um, which you can craft in future locations. Um, wow. There's an element system to go with that. So the reason that there are four different types of each ammo type is there's the regular, which is, you know, one, and then there's three elements. It's kind of like a paper, rock, scissors system, if you will, for combat. Uh -huh. So certain enemies you'll come across may have an elemental shield, and you'll have to pair the correct element to break the shield before you can deal uh, regular damage. Otherwise, you'll just start dealing, like, no damage, <laughs> you know? Wow. So there's a few oh, yeah, of those... That's a lot of planning to go into that. Yes, yeah. Um, it was it was one of the things that I kind of 
decided we needed because we didn't have a class system, right? Um, we didn't have a skill okay. tree. You know, so uh, what do the tools do for you? What makes them useful? Why do you want to use the different tools? Why do I want to switch ammo types, right? So there had to be yeah. a reason for that. And it kind of makes combat a little bit more interesting for the player um, because you can come across, uh, later on in the game anyway, you can come across mobs that have two different types of elemental shields. So if you've got, um, you know, uh, it, the elements aren't, you know, elemental, they're like different, uh, whatever. Uh, so if, if you've got life, uh, bullets and you've got death grenades you can pair that in your battle so you come across two different enemies with two different shield types you'll need to switch to the revolver or switch to the bombs depending on who you're attacking um just to kind of like spice it up a little bit yeah so uh, again as i was saying sorry i went off on the tangent a little bit there no, um, <laughs> you can kind of as the player decide if you're going to be uh somebody who relies on their tools or if you're just kind of like a hack and slash kind of guy and you want to get in there so there's different armor types basically whenever you get to uh epic gear in the game or or uh, legendary gear in the game because there is uh the rare stuff um you'll get to decide between which one you want to craft. You can craft both if you like, but you can decide because the, the materials are kind of rare. Um, you know, so there's going to be the gear type that uh, increases your tech attack or your technique attack, which is, you know, if I have a, a revolver, I'm going to deal more damage with it if I have a lot of technique. Or you can just stack health, which is going to be somebody who's going to go in for melee. Um, yeah. So those are kind of like the decision you can make as a player. Wow. OK, that's loads. Yeah. Jeez. yeah. <laughs> when you put it like that i guess it is <laughs> well that, that's answered the question of uh is there anything in the game that you spent way too long on yes that you shouldn't have? exactly how about how about just see last answer see last answer exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> but is there anything that was really stupid you, you know like a rock you had to paint is there anything in the game that you spent way too long on that you really shouldn't have yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> let me think about that. Um, big breath. Big breath. I would say just like the starting location in the game. Okay. The little room. You mean the, the no, the, not the, not the little think... room, but but like where you where you come out on the world map. Oh, where I keep dying now. You mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right there. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> That's actually changed. So, and, and this version is the version that I, I've finalized, and I've been like, yeah, this is it. Finally, we've got where we're starting. I spent way too long because I kept making the stupid decision of going with what was already there, right? The stupid decision mm -hmm. of not knowing when to just scrap it and just restart from what I knew was going to be the right thing to do. I kept kind of putting in patch fixes, if you will, or like band-aids on things that I knew were problems. So in the other versions of the game, even if you watch like alpha gameplay, you actually start in the center of the map. And um, so I kept going over iterations and iterations and iterations and iterations of the center point in the map, <laughs> right? And I was always like, there's something just wrong here. I don't know. And I'd have somebody play with it, and they'd just go completely the wrong direction every single time, and nobody would ever be able to figure out where to go. And every time, no matter what I did to this starting location, it just didn't work, right? Um, I spent a lot of time. And, and again, it, was, it wasn't like a one single long span of time. It was always something I came back to. So I'd make progress in, in other development parts of the game. And then I'd come back to the starting area. And yeah, it was just, oh, man. So yeah, I couldn't get past it. it. Exactly. And it, it just frustrated me. And, and uh, my wife knows, you know, I would complain to her all the time. 
you know, somebody starts up the game, they walk out of the little room and there's a sword there and they just run the opposite direction, wouldn't pick up the sword, wouldn't get anything and then just go die. And they'd be like, why don't I have a weapon? And I'd be like, it's standing in front of you. But when you start in the middle of the map, it's overwhelming how much there is to kind of look at. Yeah. Even if there isn't that much in the game, the, the, the main points on the map are very in your face. So like you're kind of painting the camera in your la- around and you're like, geez, where do I go? You know? And that's not something I ever understood for me. It was like, yeah, I exit the door and there's a sword there. I'm going to go pick up a sword, right? But that never, <laughs> it never worked out the way I wanted it to. Well, I'm usually, I'm usually the other person, right? Like, when, you know, when you're playing like Sonic, yeah. I was always like, and go, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go. go left. Like, no, exactly. But then you go ah, and exactly. the one in one thousand times you go left, there's a secret room, right? Like, yes, right, right. <laughs> Once. Uh, so right. that's normally me I'm <laughs> yeah so so as you can see the the new starting location which you know as the only starting location you come out yes. and you have ways you can go yeah but it's kind of like one general direction um, yeah. you can I shoot mean, off the floating the sword yes <laughs> exactly you can shoot off to the left, you can shoot off to the right, but it's not a full 360 directional. It's a lot less confusing. There's only a few landmark points that you can see right off the bat, yep. and it's just less overwhelming for the player. And I find that it works just a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, the, the catchphrase of the podcast, stop touching it. Exactly. <laughs> so I might actually rename the podcast that. I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna make you're, all, you're, you're, you're all addicted to it. You I know. It. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be uh, PC release only? or uh, At the start, yeah. Um, again, because of those previous Switch issues that I had run in the past, I want to mm-hmm. avoid anything that I might, you know, come across. Uh, so just in case, <laughs> it's only coming out on Steam first. I'm going to vet it on Steam, make sure everything's happy, everything's good. Make sure there's no crazy issues that I didn't see before. <laughs> um, because I, I will only, you know, who knows what will happen once it comes out on the Switch. I'm sure I'll have a slew of other problems. Um, but, you know, being just me on the development side, it's going to be hard to juggle all those different issues. So yeah, I'm planning on just fine. doing the Steam, yeah, Steam release first. Um, again, just making sure everything's good to go. And then uh, I'll work on the Switch release. In the near future, it'll probably okay. be within the next couple of months after the game comes out. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I sold my Switch. I don't know. Can't play on there. That's all right. You got Steam. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'm all right. Uh, and release date for this? That's Steam a great version. question. So I'm actually yes, about to. I'm about <laughs> to send a estimated release date uh, to Sedoc, uh, uh, which I've been calling Sedoc. I hope I pronounce that properly. Uh, <laughs> who is uh, who is my publisher uh, here soon? Uh, I've been doing, as I've said earlier on the on the chat, um, a cleanup phase, right, of the map. Yes. So all the content is actually in the game. Everything's there, but not all of it is production, right, or or okay. ready to be seen by public eyes, right? <laughs> you can beat the game, but there's things that happen where you'd go, what? Uh, heck just happened right so i'm kind of going over and uh all throughout that content and just cleaning up and just making sure we're good to go um that shouldn't take me too long it should only be a few weeks but 
you know, we'll we'll be we'll be careful with that assumption. Um, probably, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably we're looking at a month and a half before the game oh. actually comes out. So you're going May, mid May, mid May, I would say, mid May, mid May. Yeah, you heard it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm Shh. definitely going to pick it up. <laughs> I will, as I said, I will try and, well, I won't try. I will do a live stream of this this version, unless you want me to wait for the released version. No, I mean, it, that's up to you. If uh, The the beta content that you have there, you're locked to the first zone, I would say, in the game. Um, mm-hmm. And that is kind of, basically, that's final content. So if you stream just that first zone, you've got final content. There might be random updates here and there. In fact, there will be random updates here and there, because I have a list of bugs and different changes I need to make. Um, to quality of life fixes, that kind of thing. But it won't be anything too crazy for you. Um, you know, mainly menu fixes and that kind of stuff. Um, okay. Well, we'll do that. I'll do, I'll do a live stream before you, before you launch. So within the next week or two, I'll do a live stream of this. Perfect. And we'll, I'll actually read the text. Yeah, sounds great. How about that? How about that? <laughs> uh, treating you. <laughs> Just for um, Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so uh, I had something else I wanted to say. Uh, we've done release date. Uh, what is there anything you that we haven't covered that you wanna you wanted to mention? Uh, that I can think of. I vented for okay. not not vented, but I've I've gone on spiels. So I think we've covered what's in my mind <laughs> anyway. Oh, got it. I've got it. How can people help? How what can people help? People? Ooh, what that's do a you great need question. People to do. Yeah. Um, contact my publisher. Sedoc. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're already in the beta, fill out the uh, review forms or the feedback forms, which uh, the publisher has provided you with, please. Um, I really want to know what I can do to fix different quality of life issues you might have with the project. And then also just spread the word, of course, right? Um, but yeah, quality of life fixes. If there's anything you have a serious issue with the game, Please let me know. Please don't bottle it up. I want to know that because anything you have a problem with, chances are other people will have a problem with too. And I'd love to get it fixed before the game releases. So, um, yeah. And where's the best place to contact you for those? Is it still the the uh, through the the publishers? Uh, you can report? contact the publisher directly, or you can contact me at Sean G Garland on Twitter, or you can contact at Righteous Games on Twitter as well. Um, I can provide you with the link for those. And then we have an email, company email, which is uh, support at RighteousWeaselGames.com. Righteous Weasel. Cool. That's a good name. Where's that name from? Anywhere Uh, in particular? Nowhere in particular. I I just like weasels, and Righteous Weasels are an oxymoron. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) everyone knows weasels are weasels. So. I like it. That's good. That's a good one. It's actually really interesting names. Now I've, I've started asking people where their <laughs> company names come from. You'll be it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. Uh, okay, so um, where can they find more about the game? More about the game. Uh, the most up-to-date information is definitely on Steam. If you just look for Eternal Edge Plus on Steam, um, you'll find it. I do at my best to post announcements and upcoming information on there. We have a website. Don't go to it. It's out of date. Um, we'll be updating that as well. Um, but definitely just Steam and Twitter. I do a lot of posting on Twitter. You can find pretty much all the latest information on the game on Twitter. Um, so if you follow on Twitter, that's definitely probably the best way uh, to keep up to date. Lovely. 
So we can wishlist it now, can we? Correct. You can. Please do. So do that. Do that. Wishlist it on Steam. Okay. Well, this has uh, been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Right. Okay. So there you go. That is, oh, actually, I have one last question. Yes. Is the plus the word plus or the plus sign? So it's it's both. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the word plus on the executable. <laughs> and for that reason, it's because Windows usually has a hard time with special characters. So it's the word plus on the executable. Mm-hmm. Online, it's okay. the symbol plus. Okay. Yeah. Both. Totally irrelevant question, but now we know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you for joining me. Thank and you very uh, much. I'll, uh, sh- I'll tweet about the live stream. So we'll do that again. And if you're around, maybe you can, you can join in. Yeah, and, I would love um, to. It'd be great. Watch me do things that I shouldn't be doing on your game. Yes, that's this is exactly what I want. <laughs> I have to, I have to mute you in case you start shouting at me. <laughs> right, right, right. Pretend I'm not there, but I'll be freaking out in the background. So not left, not left. Why would <laughs> no, you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, start again. <laughs> and there we go. That wraps up episode number seven of the podcast. Huge thank you to Sean for joining me. Uh, I think that was a really interesting conversation, as they always are, of course. Uh, but don't forget, you can. Wishlist Eternal Edge Plus, emphasis on the plus, on Steam right now. Uh, so ma- please make sure you, you uh, support the developers and go and hit, put these on your wishlist. Um, that'd be awesome. Thank you very much. And if you want to contact me, you can do so at IndieGameyax on Twitter um, or IndieGameyax at gmail.com. I'll link all this. It's way easier. They'll be in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this. You'll find links to the Eternal Edge Plus Steam page, plus also the Twitter accounts that Sean uses. So you've also got the Righteous Weasel Games Twitter account and his own Twitter account there. And that is everything. Again, huge thank you for your support. Please, if you do get a chance, I would love some Apple podcast reviews. If you listen on Apple, um, I, I tend to say Apple because... It seems to be the only place you can really leave reviews for podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, if you don't mind leaving a review, that'd be much appreciated. And of course, sharing the the podcasts as they get released, that helps me, that helps the developer, helps everybody, helps indie gamers find new games, which is the whole point of the podcast. So thank you very much. And until next time, ciao for now.